0: Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. If you're a Catholic mom who works, you're not alone, even though sometimes it can feel like you are the only one. In this episode, we'll be talking about what the church has to say about working mothers, how to find peace when you don't want to work and when brothers stay home, living to the fullest when you do want to work, how to discern whether to work or not, and many other topics. This is a subject that's near and dear to my own heart because I'm starting on this discernment process myself with the littlest slanger due in May. I know that I'll be returning to this episode in a few months as I continue to discern, and I hope that our conversation today is helpful for you too. This podcast episode is sponsored by Choose Life, my new favorite company for the little saints in the making in your life. Choose Life provides a wide variety of products, including rosaries, decad rosaries, bracelets, pacifier clips, and divine mercy teethers. Check them out at chooselife.com. We are welcoming to the show Joanna Wallen. She is a Catholic wife, mother, and blogger who provides support and encouragement to Catholic working moms as they juggle competing priorities. Joanna, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before we get
0: into the subject of being a mom who is Catholic and working, can you tell us a little bit about your
1: story as a Catholic woman? Sure. It's actually quite a long story, which I have on my blog, but the short version is I was raised in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is also called the ELCA, as was my husband. Uh, We were married in the Lutheran Church in September 2001, and then through a long, long series of events, about two and a half years after our marriage, we started RCIA and we subsequently jointly converted to Catholicism.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Welcome home. Thank you. That's so exciting to also go through that conversion process together as a couple.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. We, we have the the same confirmation day and everything, so it's fun to celebrate that together every year.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love it.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a
0: Catholic working mom, so you work um, on the blog, and you also have a book project that we'll talk about later on in the podcast and we're going to be exploring together this topic of being a Catholic mom who is working. Can your experience as a Catholic working mom sometimes feel isolating or leave you wondering if you're one of the few Catholic moms who work?
1: Absolutely. Basically, I graduated from college actually a few days before I converted to Catholicism. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I know. It was crazy. We, <laughs> we ended up uh, – I graduated from college. The next week we were – Confirmed and three days later we moved out of state. Wow, talk about that. So it was a really crazy two weeks. (laughs) But anyway, so I started my first full time job um, shortly after we moved and I worked outside the home for about, I'd say, approximately 13 years as you know, outside the home in a full time job. Um, And then Last year, I ended up getting laid off twice in the span of a year. Oh, wow. So after the second layoff, the same week I was laid off, there are two things that happened. I finished my book proposal and sent it off, and my husband got a new job with a much higher salary. So we decided that instead of me going back to work full-time, we would wait and see what would happen with the book proposal. And if they accepted it, I would take a little break from working full-time so I could work on the book. And as it happened, they did accept it. So I've been out of the full-time workforce since this past February. But I may go back. We're still trying to discern if I'm going to go back to work full-time or not, now that the book's done and everything. But I did work outside the home full-time at a 9-to-5 job for approximately 13 years. And it was very, very, very isolating. I would tell people I felt like a Catholic unicorn. You know, I would meet people, I would meet other moms at my parish, and they would be like, do you homeschool? And I'd say, no. And they'd go, oh, I'd say, I I actually work at this company and so on as an editor. And they'd go, oh, you know, and (laughs) just like this, this tone that was like, "Uh uh-huh. And online, it was often the same thing. I would be in a, you know, in a Catholic mom's group on on a message board or on Facebook or whatever. And I'd say I work outside the home full time. And all these Catholic homeschooling moms would be like, so you're letting somebody else raise your kids. And I'm like, no, I still raise my kids and things. And I kept, you know, having experiences like that. And it was so frustrating. And I just felt like nobody could understand what my life was like, because nobody knew what it was like, because I didn't want to be working. I was out of financial necessity and I hated it, but it was either that or we could not pay our rent depending on where we were living at the time and, and that kind of thing. It's like, well, I don't want to be homeless, so I kind of have to work. (laughs) So that's one of the reasons I started CWM, Catholic Working Mothers, my Facebook group, every, you know, every so often I'd think, I wish there was a Facebook group for Catholic Working Mothers. And I kept saying that. And then one day I was pumping for my son, actually, while I was at work. And I thought, again, why isn't there a Facebook group for working moms? And then I think the Holy Spirit kind of hit me upside the head and said, well, why don't you start one? Okay, I (laughs) guess I could do that. And I'm thinking it's probably going to be me and five other people, but... I guess that's better than nothing <laughs> so I started it and about a year later we had 400 people as of today we have over 5,000. That is amazing that is a very yeah. like, good sized
0: <laughs> Facebook group a lot like a lot of
1: sound yeah. and boards and conversation that's awesome. It's amazing how it's grown I went from being the sole administrator and now I, I kind of supervise a volunteer staff of eight other moderators. Wow, that's incredible. It's filling
0: a need. You maybe thought that okay, it's gonna be me and five other women, but it turns out there's five thousand women in a similar boat who want to know mm-hmm. that they're not by themselves. Especially too to see your story to kind of see both of the perspectives of, of staying at home and working from home on a book and then also to work with that traditional nine to five to really see kind of all the different sides of the possibilities of being a working mom. Like it looks different for different women and that's just really beautiful it really see. does yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i love how too there's no perfect agenda for being a like the, a good catholic mom or a good no. catholic parent like for some people it will be staying at home for some out you know i like you said like for your story out of necessity it's working for some it's it's choosing to work it's not like there's a scale like well if you choose option a i'm sorry you get a c minus right. on the catholic mom card like that's not how this works either
1: you know i compare it to the saint's the saints have so many different stories, so many different paths to God. And they did so many different things, you know, some devoted lives to prayer and contemplation and some were out working in the world, you know, trying to, to con- actively convert people and some were martyrs and, you know, and, and there are so many different paths that the saints took and they all had one thing in common. And that was that they tried to find out what was the will of God for their lives. And once they found that out, they did it wholehearted. The path they took towards that end are, are so different. And that's just like moms. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I love that. There's such a beautiful variety of different choices that you can make. And like that's something that you personally have to discern for your family. There's not a, a one answer fits all kind of thing. Absolutely. So speaking about the Catholic Church and, and for saints, what does the Catholic Church have to say about women who are working moms And you mentioned the saints and how there's different calls to holiness and different paths to holiness. Do you have any particular lives of the saints that have inspired you in this season of your vocation as a wife and a mom?
1: I I have a whole chapter devoted to what the church teaches about working mothers in my book, because it's a question that comes up a lot. I've encountered a lot of people who try to claim that the church teaches that mothers cannot work or shouldn't work. And they pull out all these quotes from popes from a hundred years ago and say, see, this says mom shouldn't work. It, it, it's just, you know, you can't, we're not Protestants. You can't proof text. The, the thing is, I, I went back and I read, I read in context, every single quote that had ever been thrown at me to prove that mom, that the church teaches moms can't work. And I read about the historical context and everything. And what it boils down to was back when the job of a mother was much more I would say labor intensive. I mean, not that it isn't now, but back then when you had to make your own clothes mm-hmm. and raise your own food, the, the work was, just, I mean, you couldn't, if you needed a new shirt, you couldn't just go to the store and buy a shirt. You, maybe you had to, to pick the cotton and then weave the cotton into cloth and then dye the cloth and then sew the shirt by hand, and then you had a new shirt. That took a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of work. It wouldn't be feasible for a mother to go work outside the home from 9 to 5 and then come home and make shirts for her whole family. It's true. I mean, it just would not work. No. There is not enough hours in the day for that to happen. So, yeah, if a mother was working full-time outside the home back then, she would not be able to give what her family what they needed. So I think that is in that context is what the popes were talking about when they were saying, you know, a mother needs to be in the home taking care of her family. You know, they weren't saying it's wrong, objectively wrong for a mother to earn a wage, just that the work a mother needs to do right now is centered in the home. And because there's nobody else to do that job. And also the the way society was back then, work was a family affair. The whole family would work on the farm or the whole family would would work in the business, you know, and if the mother, say, worked in her husband's store as a clerk, she had kids trailing on her skirts the whole time. You know, she, she, you know, or if they were very wealthy, maybe they were able to hire a nanny or have the neighbor kid come over and help out or something. Or if they had, you know, teenagers who could watch the younger ones, maybe they did that but it wasn't you know the dynamic was completely different than it is today what the church teaches now has developed over time as many of the doctrines do what the church teaches for both men and women is that your your work or your career should not cause you to neglect your family and should not cause harm to your family if that's happening you need to reevaluate and make changes yeah, and that's for the father or the mother. If the father is working 90 hours a week and never sees his family. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's a situation where he has to work 90 hours a week or else they're going to starve to death, there's not much you can do. But if he's working 90 hours a week because he wants to get a good promotion, well, he's maybe putting that promotion ahead of his family, which means he's putting it ahead of God. Either way, if you're putting anything ahead of God, that's a problem, and you need to figure out how to change that. So basically the church says you need to discern what God wants you to do. What that's going to look like is only something you can decide. But if you feel God is calling you to work outside the home, that's valid. You know, that's that's a, a absolutely a vocation he could be calling you to whether or not you have kids. Um, St. Gianna, I consider I don't know if it's official or not but I consider her the patroness of working mothers because she was a doctor. She worked outside the home by choice, not by necessity, her entire life. She was planning to give up her practice once her fourth child was born and her husband says in uh, one of the biographies that was written about her that they had mutually decided and mutually discerned together that she would do that. Obviously, she never got the chance because she passed away about a week after her fourth child was born. I've read two books, two biographies about her, and she was such an amazing woman. She was so giving. And she said one of the quotes I love from her is she said that something like a doctor has just as many opportunities to save souls as a priest does, because she's with people at what is sometimes the lowest point of their life and she's with people when they're facing the prospect of dying and meeting god she considered her presence with them and her ministry to them you know her vocation as much as her vocation as a mother and that's why she was so reluctant to leave her her practice once she married and started having children. It was her calling and it was her vocation just as much as motherhood was. And as it turns out, Gianna is the Italian form of Joanna. She's my name saint as well as my patroness. So I also love Saint Edith Stein, also Saint Teresa Benedict of the Cross, because her her writings about women and feminism and working uh, women who work are just fantastic. She says something along the lines of, uh, if a woman finds that her talents are not being cultivated in, in the domestic sphere, that it only makes sense that she goes beyond that. You know, and she also says, it's true, though, that a woman should not neglect her family. And she says that any any society or any societal structure that forces a mother to leave her family is unjust, especially in the early months of the the Child's life, so she was she was an advocate before for paid maternity leave before it was even a thing. Yeah, she's way so, before her time. Pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Saints Daily Martin since she was also a working mother and she worked at home as a lace maker. And her business was so successful that her husband ended up quitting his job to come join her business. You know, So in addition to being a mom who worked at home, she raised five girls who all went on to become nuns and a couple of them went on to become saints while while working. So she's amazing. (laughs) And I love love St. Elizabeth Ann Seton because she was widowed and had children to raise. And she ended up founding a religious order. Uh, It says in her biography that The nuns in her order made provisions for her so she could continue raising her children.
0: We're not alone. Like, we're not alone here on this earth with the community of other Catholic women that we have around us, but we're also not alone when it comes to that community of saints. They have also walked a similar path and discerned things that we have also had to discern. So it's so beautiful that that we're not by ourselves in this. In a study in 2011 from the women at NBCU group, they say that 66% of moms say that they would rather be a stay-at-home parent than a working parent. And many Catholic women find themselves working because they have to and not because they necessarily want to. Mm-hmm. So how can those women who are in those types of situations find peace with the reality of having to work when their hearts want to be at home with their little kids?
1: It is really, really hard. And theres it's really not an easy answer. When you're living in a situation that you feel is inherently unjust, you don't want to just accept it necessarily you know you you want it to change but you know it's that's not always an easy solution i struggled with this for so many years because i i just i did not i hated working full-time i hated being away from my house you know i hated dropping my kids off at daycare every day and just struggling with it. One thing that can help is if you just look at all the benefits to your family that you provide by working. I mean, for me, I, I just kept trying to remind myself that I worked so we could pay our mortgage. I was the one literally putting a roof over my kids' heads, and maybe they didn't realize that that's what I was doing. But if that roof got taken away, they would they would really miss it. And guilt is ever present. And I've something I've found now that I am kind of a stay at home mom is that. The guilt hasn't gone away. It's just about different things now. You know, now it's, well, you know, am I spending enough time with my kids? Or why can't I get enough housework done even though I'm home all day? Or I should be doing Pinterest crafts and stuff with my kids instead of sitting them down for an episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So you're going to have guilt, I think, no matter what choice you make, whether you're working outside the home, whether you're working from home, whether you're not working at all. You know, and and there's also guilt. I feel bad because I'm not contributing very much financially to our budget anymore. You know, for a long time, my contribution was was basically paying our mortgage because after daycare, that was about what was left was just enough to pay our mortgage. Now everything, almost everything comes from my husband's salary. I, I do feel guilt about that because I feel bad that he kind of has to bear that burden alone now. Guilt is ever present no matter what situa- situation you're in and i think that the best thing you can do is is look at your circumstances and if you determine that you know you're doing what god has called you to do and you're doing the best you can in the situation you're in maybe that guilt is coming from satan trying to you know trying to undermine you and undermine your faith he likes to hit us at our most vulnerable point and for a lot of moms one of the most vulnerable points is, you know, working or not working. You know, sometimes you just have to say, get behind me, Satan, and try to keep on keeping on, even if you do feel guilt. There's that season, like for
0: looking on your story, like that was, that was part of your story for 13 years. And now it looks different. And Mm -hmm. so I think especially for women who are in the stage where they're or the season where they're working moms, but they gosh, they they wish they weren't, it's important too to remember that, like, this isn't your identity. This can shift. This can change um, down the road. Um, and just to realize that there's like comfort in that too. Like, this isn't, this may not be something that's part of your story forever. Right. On the flip side of that coin, some women will work from home because they feel like that's their call rather than that need to work. So, but they can feel judged by other Catholics who think, like you encountered, moms shouldn't work for outside the home at all. And even if they do, it should only be because they need to. So why do working mothers play an integral role in our society? And who are some women who have inspired you with their careers as working moms?
1: I absolutely love what John Paul II said in his letter to women. Uh, He says, thank you, women who work. You are present and active in every area of life, social, economic, cultural, artistic, and political. In this way, you make an indispensable contribution to the growth of a culture which unites reason and feeling to a model of life ever open to the sense of mystery, to the establishment of economic and political structures ever more worthy of humanity. And he doesn't say, thank you, women who work who aren't mothers. Right. You know, he just says, thank you, women who work. And he recognizes that we need women and mothers in the workplace. And we need women who know the particular challenges that working mothers face so we can encourage employers to make changes that benefit all women who need or or want to work you know like flexible schedules and maternity leave policies that are fair i also think that working moms have so many skills that are valuable to employers we're so adept at scheduling our lives and finding room for you know doctor's appointments and and whatever else in between our working hours and we can multitask like nobody's business <laughs> and we're flexible we know how to get along with all different lots of different types of people because all of our kids have unique personalities, and we have to adapt to all of those. So many of the moms in my group who are just amazing women doing such important work. I profile four of them in my book, but like we have many women who are, are working for the church. One of the women I profile in my book is the director of family life for her diocese. Another is her executive director. Another is an activist for—she uh, calls herself a, a size dignity activist, where she— rights in defense of women to help them love their bodies, whatever size they are. And another has a doctorate in chemistry, and is trying to encourage women to get into STEM careers. So many amazing women who are making such a difference and advancing the cause of Christ in the workplace. And I really think that The the workplace would be bereft without them there. We're
0: pregnant with our first baby here on earth. And I would currently work from home almost full-time hours if I was to rack them all up during the week as a freelance writer. And so it's this discernment process between my husband and I about deciding, like, all right, when the baby comes in the spring, what's life going to look like after that? What's maternity leave going to look like? Am I going to go back to work? Do you have any practical tips for women who are discerning that? that call whether to go back to work or to work from home and or what to not work at
1: all what should we factor into that decision the important thing is to discern what god wants you to do because you don't want to do what you want to do you want to do what god wants you to do what i say in my book is there there are three steps to thorough discernment and i call them the three eyes and that's information invocation and intuition And information is looking at all aspects of your life, financial, logistical, medical, emotional, you know, everything, and seeing how working would affect those. Like if you have a chronic illness, working full-time might not be feasible for you. If you have kids with special needs who have a bunch of therapy appointments during the day, working full-time might not be feasible for you. If whatever wage you make would end up being, you know, e- eclipsed by the cost of daycare and a lot of women are in that situation, working full-time outside the home probably wouldn't work mm-hmm. and, and so on. So you just you need to look and see, um, you know, make a budget and make sure you have, all your expenses tallied to see and make sure you you've tallied all the expenses of working. If, you know, if you're working outside the home, you're paying for gas, you're paying for wear and tear on your car. You're probably paying for a separate wardrobe for your job, you know, and you you may be paying extra in grocery bills because you'll need to buy more processed food or prepared food, you know, in order to, make meals quicker once you get home at night and so on. Basically, get all the information you can about your current lifestyle, your current uh, health conditions, your current scheduling needs, and so on. You know, are you do you want to homeschool your kids? Oh, will your kids go to a public school or Catholic school or so on and and try to make that information and try to use that information to make the most informed decision that you can. Um, interestingly, a lot of women, I would say, work in order to afford Catholic school. It's increasingly difficult these days to afford Catholic school if you only have one income. You know, it's, it's funny because I would encounter a lot of people who'd say, well, the mom should stay at home and she should send the kids to Catholic school. And I'm like, well, what if the mom can't afford to send the kids to Catholic school unless she works? And they'd be like, well, you can just cut out cable and cut out Starbucks. Oh, gosh. And I'm like um okay but you know I- i've never had starbucks we don't have cable and we haven't for years you know cut it, cutting those out might save 100 bucks a month and catholic school is a lot more expensive than that right you know and <laughs> that's actually is the first you know you even if you read if you google you know how to live on one income or something and you know these mommy bloggers are all writing tips about how to make it work on one mm-hmm. income and their first thing is always some variation of just stop drinking Starbucks and cancel cable. And I'm like, but we don't do those things anyway. Right. <laughs> so that's not really helping us. And then their, their next thing usually is something like, you know, see if you can live with relatives for a while. And I'm like, can't do that either. Cause We don't have any, Mm. you know, not in the area who would be willing to have eight other people live with them. So there's a lot of information there that's kind of out of touch. Right. So the second part of discernment is invocation, which is, which is prayer, which is petitioning God, which is asking God, you know, show me what you want me to do. Show me what is your will. You know, praying, you know, Venus, the saints, asking them to intercede for you. There are a bunch of saints who are the patrons of, like, employment or underemployment or unemployment and so on. Um, there's St. Joseph, St. Um, Jose Maria Escriva, and St. Gajetan, I think it's pronounced, who are all three considered the patrons of the employed or the underemployed people looking for a job. And I always recommend a novena to St. Gianna for, for working mothers who are discerning whether or not to make a job change or to stay home or whatever. Also, if you can get to adoration, it can be hard, especially if you're already working outside the home. Um, But if you can fit in time for adoration, that's always helpful for discernment. If nothing else, because it's a few minutes of quiet. Right. Where you can just, you know, try to listen to what God is telling you. And uh, some women in our group recommend, if you can, going on retreat. Like if you can find a weekend retreat or even just, you know, do a do-it-yourself retreat where you go somewhere, even to just like a hotel room or something for the night. And just so you have some silence where you can pray and reflect. And then the third is intuition, which is basically going with your gut, trying to heed what God is telling you and how your prayers are being answered. You know, sometimes you might get a job offer and everything looks great on paper, But you have this nagging voice inside of you saying, don't do it. Just don't do it. And that could be God, you know, protecting you from um, starting work at a workplace that's really toxic or something. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really important to listen to your instincts as well when you're trying to discern what to do. One time, my husband and I were trying to discern if I should quit my job because we were facing a situation where I'd had to take a lot of time off because my kids had gotten sick, right. One right after the other. And my boss had basically had told me, you know, if you take any more time off, your job could be in jeopardy. Mm. And so I was, you know, my husband and I were talking about it and we were trying to decide if I should quit my, if I should just quit my job and we should just, you know, go on faith that we could make it work somehow or, or what we should do. And, I wanted to say, yes, that's what we should do because I didn't want to work anymore. But I had this little nagging voice saying, don't do it. That's a bad idea. You know, so I finally told him, let's just give it a month. And after that, we'll reevaluate and see how things are going. And so that's what we decided to do. And then at the end of that month, he got laid off from his job. Oh, wow. Which was totally unexpected. So Had I gone ahead and quit my job, we would have been in a really bad situation because neither of us would have a job at that point.
0: Yeah, that's
1: crazy. But as it was, you know, I had to take over being the full-time breadwinner for a couple months until he could find a new job. It's good that I listened to that intuition.
0: Yeah, you're Um, right on point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, in the end, it's really similar. It's actually remarkably similar to discerning whether or not to avoid pregnancy, you know, you're looking at all these factors and how this change would look in your life and everything. And in the end, you and your husband are the only ones who can make that decision because you're the only ones who have that intimate knowledge of your family circumstances.
0: For women who decide to go the route of working, whether that's working out of the house, working from home, From your experience as a catholic working mom, do you have any tips or tricks on how to balance and juggle responsibilities between home and work?
1: Balance is really a myth. There's never going to be balance. You might experience that perfect moment in time where everything seems to be balanced, but something's going to get lopsided at one point. But if you're a mom and you're working full-time and you're trying to manage a household, it's like you're one of those circus performers and you're spinning plates on long poles and you've got, you've got all these different plates in the air and you've got the, the cooking plate and the meal planning plate and the laundry plate and the, you know, extracurricular activities for children plate. And if you're pregnant, you have the pregnancy symptoms plate and the maturity clothes plate and the preparing for childbirth plate and so on. And at some point, you either need to put the plates down and hand them off to someone else, or at some point, some, they're all going to come crashing down. Right. And you're just going to have to pick up the pieces and go on from there. So the best advice I have is to get help, whether that's making sure that housework is a family affair and that your husband and your children, if applicable, are all pulling their weight because you can' you can't do it alone. It's not possible. The second piece of advice I have is lower your standards because <laughs> your house is never going to be clean unless you're blessed enough financially to be able to hire a full-time housekeeper at which point, which I also highly recommend if you can afford it. Yeah. Uh, at, at some point at one point my husband and I were able to afford that and I was pregnant at the time and it was such a blessing. We had somebody come in every two weeks and she'd you know do all the dishes and scrub the counters and clean the bathrooms and wash the floors and it was wonderful. And uh, sadly we can't afford that anymore, but it was it was so amazing to have while we had it. So if you can afford it, I highly recommend that. Also automate as many tasks as possible. Like if if you can get a lot of the women in the in the Facebook group recommend those robot vacuum cleaners or those yeah. robot mobs because those are apparently amazing. I haven't gotten one yet just because I can't afford it, but I'm, I think I'm saving my pennies to get one because <laughs> they, they rave about them. Declutter as much as possible, which work in progress for me, but the less stuff you have, the less there is to clean up. It sucks to have to spend your whole weekend decluttering when you've been working all week, but You know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Online grocery ordering, delivery or curbside pickup is amazing. It is the best. It's changed my life. I'm (laughs) not even kidding. I used to just hate having to take two or three hours out of my day and go grocery shopping every week. It was just annoying and I hated it. And I usually had to take kids with me and it was obnoxious. But now I, I make a grocery list in the app. And when I'm done, I order the groceries and all I have to do is go pick them up and they load them into my car for me and everything It is wonderful. That's awesome. I just, and I can add things to the list as I think of them. So if I'm making supper and I'm like, oh, we're almost out of salt. I've gotten into the habit of picking up my phone, going into the grocery list app that my, the store I use has adding salt to the list. And and then and then it comes and it's just there magically when I pick (laughs) up my groceries, you know, and it's the most amazing thing ever.
0: That's awesome. Little things.
1: If you can afford it, Amazon Prime, yes, is just a lifesaver. We just we've only had it for about a year now, and because we were we were bulking up the cost for a while, and finally I was just like, well, let's just try it and and see what it's like. And oh, I, it's so wonderful. You know, my my daughter's like, Mom, I need a costume for my skit in three days. And I'm like, hello, Amazon Prime. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that way I don't have to go, you know, run to Walmart or the thrift store and and try to find something. You know, I can just find something, order it, and it'll be at my front door in two days.
0: And it's taking care of yourself, too. Like, it's giving you the time that you need and not having to worry about it or stress out about something yeah. like a costume when you can just order one and then still have time to take care of yourself and your
1: family. Yep. And subscribe and save is fantastic because if there are things that you know you use and that you need on a regular basis and you're always forgetting to add them to the grocery list, you can just set up a subscribe and save and you'll get new stuff you know, every month or every two months or every three months or or whatever. And it's just there. And you don't have to go out and buy it or remember to go out and buy it. Those are my biggest tips for uh, managing a household while working.
0: I love it. Joanna, you also write about being a Catholic working mom over on your blog. Can you tell listeners where to find your blog? And also, we've hinted at this a couple of times throughout this interview, but you have a working project with our Sunday visitor, the Catholic working mom's guide to life, which is so exciting. Can you tell us about that a little
1: bit as well? So I've been saying since, about as long as I've been saying that we needed a Catholic Working Moms Facebook group, I've been saying we need a book for Catholic Working Moms. It's true. Because there's so there are so many books out there for Catholic Moms, and I've read a lot of them, and they're great, but they're also mostly geared towards stay-at-home moms. And there might be a chapter or two for Working Moms, but that's about it. And I, I've been saying, you know, there should be a book. There should be a book. And, you know, and finally... I, in 2015, I actually wrote an outline for one because I was thinking, you know, well, maybe maybe if I wrote the outline, somebody else could write it. <laughs> or maybe I could get a whole bunch of people to write it with me and we could all do a chapter. And that way it would be too much work for any one person. And, for, you know, for various reasons, things just didn't get off the ground. And finally, let me think, it was 2017, mid-2017, a friend of mine contacted me and she's like, you know, I think you should write a book for Catholic Working Moms. And I'm like, well, I'd love to, but I just, I don't know if I could find the time and yada, yada, and all these excuses. And she's like, well, maybe you and I could write it together. And I'm like, okay, maybe we can do that. And so we decided to, to pray a novena to St. Gianna, and we did. And St. Gianna's novena was to send Hurricane, the answer was to send Hurricane Harvey to Texas, where my friend lived. Oh, shoot. And so then she emailed me and she's like, I'm sorry, my house was just hit by a hurricane and we've had to move out and I don't know when we'll be able to move back in. So I really can't concentrate on the book right now.
0: Yeah, no. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I I
1: totally understand that. And then she goes, but I've been talking with an editor at a Catholic publishing company about it and she really wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. I ended up sending in a proposal and the same week I sent in the proposal was the week I was laid off from my full-time job which I guess was the answer to my prayer. Please God, show me how I'm going to have time to write this book. Yeah. If the proposal is accepted. But then our Sunday visitor said they they wanted to publish it. I just submitted my manuscript on October 1st. That's so exciting. So it's still, I don't have a publication date yet. All I know is spring 2019 sometime. Awesome. That'll be here before we know it. Yeah. But you can watch my blog for updates and that's at uh, patheos.com slash blog slash The Catholic Working Mother. Beautiful.
0: I will definitely continue to post updates about them as they come out through our Letters to Women as well and keep listeners updated because, yeah, I'm excited to read that. There's so many good good things and good conversations that are going to go down because of that book. How do you live out the feminine genius in your daily life as a Catholic working mom?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I would say that I live out my feminine genius by showing that a woman does not have to be confined to the boxes that society likes to put her into whether that is Catholic society or secular society. I work or I used to work and i might still work outside the home and I have a large family. I have six children. Is it easy? No, it's not, but nothing worth doing ever is easy. Mm-hmm. And some people have circumstances that may not allow them to both work and have a large family or, or whatnot. But part of my vocation as a Catholic working mother is to help work for a better world. So people will have more choices. So if a woman has discerned that she wants to stay at home and homeschool her 10 kids, she can. Or if a woman has discerned that she should work full time outside the home and send her three kids to public school, she can. And neither woman will feel like she has to stay home or she has to work. I mean, we've got a long way to go. And it's getting harder and harder to live on one income alone in our society. But I think that if we as working mothers and if the fathers as well push for more flexibility in the workplace and encourage working to live instead of living to work. We can make it so it becomes a dynamic of work and family instead of work versus family.
0: Yes, absolutely. Joanna, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for being just a wonderful advocate for Catholic Working Moms and just being such a source of encouragement. We, I really appreciate it in this season of life and I know I'll definitely be tapping back into this podcast episode in a couple months as I discern that as well.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Head over to oldfashionedgirlblog.com to check out the show notes for this conversation with Joanna, including links to her blog and resources that we mentioned in this podcast. If you have a few seconds, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes so that more women and men can find this resource. I love hearing what you think about the podcast. Then that's all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.